0: Hello everyone, I'm Kristen Oaks-White and thank you for joining us for This Week in Louisiana Agriculture, the only television show bringing Louisiana farmers and consumers together every week. Well, today we're bringing you a special Thanksgiving theme show from one of our favorite grocery stores in Baton Rouge, Calandro Supermarket. Well, as you know, the holidays are upon us, and while we're breathing a little easier this year, supply chain issues and higher prices are hitting us in the wallet. Through it all, farmers and ranchers have done their part to bring you your holiday meal in the safest and most affordable way possible. Neal Lawson on us this week with the annual Farm Bureau Market Basket Survey, and Neal, it looks like we'll be paying a little bit more for our holiday feast this year.
1: Thanks, Kristen. As you might expect, prices are higher this year over last due to inflation of not only the items, but also of things like fuel costs and packaging. The 36th annual American Farm Bureau Market Basket Survey found the overall cost of a 14-item Thanksgiving meal at $68.72, an increase of $8.61. The good news is that Louisiana items are far cheaper than the national average. That same 14-item meal in Louisiana cost $57.41, or $11.31 less than the national average. Breaking that down, the cost of turkey this year has gone up, averaging $23.99 nationally, while those surveyed in Louisiana averaged $18.84. Sweet potatoes averaged $3.56 for a three-pound bag in the U.S. We grow a lot of them in Louisiana, which may be why they're so much cheaper at $2.45 for that same bag. Dinner rolls are averaging $3.05 for a dozen nationally, while they're only $1.57 on average in Louisiana. We also saved a bit on ham. Nationally, a four-pound bone-in ham is running $10.87, while it's $7.53 here. Pumpkin pie mix is $3.64 for 30 ounces, while in Louisiana it averages $2.93. Finally, whipped cream for that pumpkin pie is $1.78 nationally. In Louisiana, it's 20 cents cheaper at $1.58 for a half pint. Now, I did do some shopping with Monica and Kristen's help, and we found some of the items, like the Herb Season Classic Stuffing. This is a 12-ounce package for $2.30. The survey has 14-ounce packages. These are Calandro's own baked rolls, $3.59 for a dozen. Celery's pretty cheap here, $1.29 for this bunch here. We also found pumpkin pie mix that's 425 for that same 30 ounce can you see in the survey and of course these yams that are in front of me, a classic for any Thanksgiving meal and a Louisiana favorite 69 cents a pound. Of course, coming to Calandra's, you can get other stuff that's not on the survey like these point copy pecans grown right here in Louisiana. Now, there were some places where Louisiana was more expensive on the average. In that survey, a gallon of milk is running $3.30 nationally, while in the state we see it at $4.21. Cranberries are $2.98 nationally, while they're averaging $3.36 for 12 ounces in Louisiana. Finally, a pound of frozen green beans are $1.58 for the U.S. average, while our state average is $1.81. One of the most important numbers out of that survey is the farmer's take-home pay. Of the $57.41 for the average Louisiana Thanksgiving meal, $4.59 $4.59 goes back to the farmer. That money takes care of not only the farmer and his family, but all of the input costs, such as fuel for his combines and fertilizer for his crops, which are also spiking in price right now. As you can see, farmers work hard to bring you the safest and cheapest food supply in the world. Well, farmers and grocery stores may be at the opposite ends of the supply chain, but they share in making only a fraction of the cost of your food bill. For more on that and how supply chain issues are affecting stores. Manager Blaise Calandro is with us. And Blaze, this has got to be a busy time of year for you.
2: Yeah, it absolutely is. It seems like the Thanksgiving year is getting started earlier than normal. I think people are getting out and getting stuff a little sooner than they would otherwise. They might be a little worried about shortages or making sure to get ahead of what's normally super busy next week.
1: Well, as we talked about in that story just now, farmers make only a small margin off everyone's food dollar bill. Grocery stores are in the same boat, is that right?
2: It's true. Um, and I, I think this year is certainly interesting with um, our wholesale costs increasing as much as they have and trying to make the margins that you normally would make and also trying to uh, keep prices sane for customers.
1: And in doing so, how do you you know get uh, get these prices managed especially with the the supply chain being so disrupted as it is
2: it's a struggle because we we have our own staffing issues that are going on so we're only able to juggle a certain number of balls at one time and one of the big ones right now is just trying to keep up with all of the retail price increases we need to make in order to keep somewhat
1: on top of the margins for normal cost stuff that's increasing just because prices are going up doesn't mean you're seeing a higher profit in this in the store is that right no
2: and there's a lot of places where we know customers are more price sensitive so we're taking a hit on margin on certain things in order to still make it sane,
1: I guess uh, one important point that we want to hit is turkeys. What are they like price-wise, and what is their availability this year?
2: So I, I recently looked at some numbers associated with that, and we kind of compared this year to 2019 and 2020. And for our standard frozen turkeys, versus 2019, we're up. We're seeing upwards of 60 plus percent price increases, and we don't really make any money on turkeys that's one of our items that is sort of its level cost we make you know the store makes money on other things but turkeys not one of those so what you're seeing is pure cost increases being passed on to the customer it's nothing that you know we're we're not selling them at a loss we're selling them at the cost we can get them for so that 60% is truly a reflection of what cost increases we're
1: seeing with those supply chain issues, the price has gone up, but another story that we're hearing a lot of is scarcity. You guys are not facing as much in terms of the empty shelves that people think about when they're they're seeing all these news stories.
2: Yeah, so we've seen the situation in the news, on social media, with empty shelves and people being like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Um, we've had shortages, don't get me wrong. I mean, we're a gourmet grocery store. People come here to look for certain things and... When Campbell's short on cream of mushroom or cream of celery which is a Louisiana ingredient I've found out for a lot of different recipes um, because they might have staffing issues of their own or whatever's going on with the supply chain that's not getting adhered to us um, we're having to deal with those things uh, but as an independent we have I think more than bigger box stores do in terms of sources we have more options and so when our first provider of those things doesn't have it we can step down to step B plan B plan C and we haven't had as much here at the store we haven't seen as much of the empty shelf effect as some of the other places that I've seen around town and online
3: which
1: is why it's just so important to shop local isn't it absolutely yeah. We absolutely well I really want to thank you for your time blaze and uh, good luck this holiday season I know it's really busy thank for you. you thank you well, that's Blaise Calandro, manager at Calandro's Supermarket here in Baton Rouge. To learn more about Calandro's, head on over to our website at twilatv.org. Kristen, back to you. I need to go finish my shopping.
0: While Hurricane Ida came ashore more than two months ago, its effect on the Louisiana citrus and vegetable industry will be measured in years. This week, Twila's Craig Gotro takes us to Plaquemine Parish, where thousands of citrus trees were lost along with many fall vegetable crops across southeast Louisiana.
4: Hurricane Ida brought a 10-foot storm surge of water and piles of muck onto Ben Becknell's citrus orchard south of Belle Chase. Nearly two months after the storm, the damage is obvious. 2,000 dead citrus trees and all of his fall vegetable crops ruined. Now he's faced with the dilemma of having to deal with all the mud brought in by Ida. What do I do with it? There's no no playbook. It's never happened before. It's it's uncharted ground. You know, we, we don't know. Previous storms have shown the new soil deposits are both detrimental and beneficial.
5: A lot of the muck from the marsh got blown into the fields. That is very saline material, um, however, it is also very rich material, so there might be some fertility benefits there. We really don't know yet.
4: Timmerman said it could take up to three years before the salt leaches out of the soil and it is safe to plant. A USDA program will help recover some of the cost to replant the trees but growers like Becknell have not seen any funds to cover the losses from last year's storm.
5: A lot of that funding from Zeta still has not been released to the growers and now we're facing a second year with Ida. Um, So it's just going to kind of set the replanting issue back a couple of years and a tree is a very slow growing crop.
4: While Ida was a big loss for Becknell, he said if the surge would have been another two feet higher it may have put him out of business. It would be too much of a blow we'd have lost all of our trees all of our equipment, it, 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 it there wouldn't be no coming back from that. Becknell is replanting some fall vegetables, but they will not be ready for harvest until the end of January. With the LSU Ag Center, this is Craig Gotro reporting.
0: For the second year in a row, consumers seeking fresh Louisiana citrus will have a limited selection because of the loss of fruit caused by Ida. If the Becknell name sounds familiar, that's because just up the road, Patrick Becknell has been supplying the Louisiana Farm Bureau holiday shop with fresh citrus and citrus trees for years. As you would imagine, there are no fresh citrus fruits to buy in this year's holiday shop, but you can still pick up an assortment of citrus trees to plant in your yard. You can grab a navel, satsuma, lemon, blood orange, lime, mandarin, and persimmon trees. I haven't planted them all, but I can speak for my satsuma tree and it's producing extremely well after just two years. Of course, you can also buy a host of pecan products and peanut products from our friends in Florida at the Louisiana Farm Bureau Holiday Shop. But act fast. The deadline to order is Monday, November 29th. To find the order form, head over to our website at TwilaTV.org. Well, still to come on Twila, we have a brand new field to feast with a spirited take on Louisiana beef. Stay with us. I'm
4: a steward of the land.
6: I am growing a better future. I am feeding the world. I'm making the world a better place.
4: I am resilient. I'm essential, and I'm still farming.
6: I am essential.
7: I am still farming. I am
4: resilient.
6: I am essential.
4: I am still farming. No matter what happens, we are still farming.
1: I am Farm Bureau.
6: I am Farm Bureau. I am Farm Bureau.
1: I am
4: Farm Bureau.
6: I
0: am Farm Bureau.
4: I am Farm Bureau.
6: I am Farm Bureau. I am Farm Bureau. I am Farm
8: Bureau. I am Farm Bureau.
5: Welcome to Field to Feast, where we profile Louisiana and its local ingredients. This morning we're making a sweet stop at Alma Plantation in Lakeland. We're going to pick up some delicious sugar, head over to Three Roll Estate, and make holiday
0: cocktails. Field to Feast with Jennifer Finley is brought to you by the Louisiana Crawfish Promotion and Research Board. Louisiana Crawfish, Ask Before You Eat. And by the Louisiana Beef Industry Council. Beef, It's What's For Dinner. And by the Louisiana Rice Promotion Board. Think Rice. <laughs>
5: excited what in the world is behind us
7: Uh, we are in uh, sugar house four right now and what you're looking at is a giant uh, mountain of sugar so this all came from our mill um, at alma farm and mill and uh, yeah what you're looking at is raw sugar
5: so talk to me a little bit about where we are and what goes on here
7: great yeah we're in uh, lakeland louisiana um, just west of Baton Rouge, and we are at a uh, sugarcane farm where we crush uh, and grind sugarcane uh, to make molasses, which makes sugar, as you see.
5: That's so great. We saw a whole bunch of activity this morning. What's going on now?
7: We're during grind season right now. Uh, so, they are uh, farming all of the sugarcane that's been growing all year. It's time to extract all those uh, pieces of sugar that have been growing in the sugarcane. So we'll grind it down, make uh, cane juice out of it, um, which we boil and boil and boil until all the water has gone and then eventually it will turn into molasses which we then uh, spin really fast and it sh- separates the sugar from the uh, liquid part and yeah, that's how we get sugar.
5: There's an exciting next step to this particular sugar because we're heading to Baton Rouge after this to make some holiday cocktails.
7: Oh yeah, that's right. With? Yeah, so uh, with Three Roll Estate Rum. So uh, we are uh, connected to the farm and mill in a very intimate fashion. Uh, We are owned by the same uh, people. So uh, after the sugar is made or the cane juice is made, Um, We use that product to make all of our rum, or all of our spirits, so we do make vodka as well.
5: You were talking to me a little bit about how unique it is that you're so close and why that's important.
7: Yeah, so we are one of the only single estate distilleries uh, in the nation, and what that means is we control all of the process. So we control the growing of the sugar cane, the making of the sugar, and the molasses, and then use those products in our uh, final rum. So, uh, there are not many of them in the United States. Uh, One that we are very proud of is our Rum Agricole, which is actually made from cane juice. And why that's interesting is because you have to be very close to the sugar mill uh, in order to make it. Otherwise, the cane juice goes bad.
5: So talk to me exactly about that process, because that's fascinating.
7: Yeah, it's great. So as soon as the sugar cane is grinded, juice is the first product uh, from the grinding of the sugar cane. Uh, We are only 13 miles away from the distillery, so we transport it uh, via a tanker and we get it right into a fermenter and pitch our yeast. And the reason for that is, the cane juice will oxidize and it will also start to ferment and turn bad. So you have a, about an eight hour window to do it, but the fresher the better. So as soon as we get it in the distillery, we ferment it and then we distill it a couple days later.
5: Can you talk to me about all of the products that come from here or, or give us a few more than other than just the rum?
7: Yeah, so in including the rum, uh, we also have a, a cane syrup that we make and that's essentially just the molasses and the uh, cane juice boiled down to make a uh, wonderful syrup, you can use but it on your pancakes. pancakes, that's right, yep, which I love. I'm Yum. more of a waffle guy, but...
5: Okay, Oh, that's a big debate right there, too. I know, I are know. you a waffle guy, or are you a pancake guy?
7: So it's super good, especially if you're uh, interested in the agriculture of Louisiana, it tastes a lot like uh, sugarcane.
5: Awesome, and then you can get the raw bags of sugar here as well at right. the store.
7: That's right, so you can, and uh, they come in five-pound bags, and they're awesome to use you're baking.
5: I'm gonna go grab a couple bags of Alma sugar and head back to the distillery so that we can meet up for some of those festive holiday cocktails.
7: Great, I'll see you there.
1: It's a well-known fact that here in Louisiana, sugarcane is more than just a crop. It's a way of life. It creates more than 16,000 jobs across the state and an additional $3 billion boost to our state's economy. And Louisiana's cane families always give back to the communities where we live, work, and play. Louisiana Sugarcane, making life sweeter, naturally. Sugarcane.
5: We're back from Alma Plantation here at Three Roll Estate. We brought some sugar. We're gonna use some of this delicious rum and make some little bites for the holiday. My good friend, Chef Bonanno, is here to do just that. What are we gonna be doing
6: today? Well, I'm so glad you made it out to Alma. Fabulous, I mean, it's just um, wonderful experience. And thank you for bringing the sugar back here to our distillery. Um, We're gonna do some flank steak for the holidays as a little bitty appetizer. And we're gonna do a quick marinade using our dark rum. So it's as easy as this. We've got a half a cup of dark rum. That's the most important ingredient. The most important ingredient. We're gonna put a half a cup of dark rum. You can certainly use our spice, which would give it a little bit more of the citrus. And we learned how special this rum is. Truly is. Yes. So um, of course we sip on it, but we also drink it. I use it for the uh, praline rum cakes. So um, it's definitely versatile. So to this, we're gonna add a little bit of our lime juice. So we've got two tablespoons. Yummy. And if, you, if you're not able to find the alma sugar, brown sugar will okay. certainly suffice. Crushed red pepper is gonna go in, garlic cloves, some green onions, pinch of salt. And we've got a fourth a cup of soy sauce that's gonna go in. And just a little bit of oil And to this. We're just gonna give it just a little bit of a stir.
5: What a perfect holiday marinade. And why in the world I have never done it this way, putting the Ziploc bag over Unfortunately,
6: I only cup. have two hands, so this works well for me. <laughs> this is great. So you just want to put it in, and it needs to go into the refrigerator for at least two hours. Okay. Um, just because we're quick. That's TV-esque. right. We've got some ready to go. Our pan is hot, and you can certainly do this on your grill. Ooh, Louisiana beef. So we're gonna make a little spread to go on the, uh, the little potato kind of cakes that we've made. We have mayonnaise, a little bit of garlic is gonna go in, chopped parsley, and believe it or not, this spice right here, it's a jerk seasoning. Okay. So you know the rum made in the Caribbean I a, a complete jerk spice, McCormick definitely hit it on this little spice. OK, so, great. But all we're going to do is just add this jerk seasoning to the mayonnaise and blend it. So we've got our mayonnaise base right here. And what I've done is I've taken these small little Yukon Gold potatoes. They look so delicious, like little crispy. Little croquettes. Yes. But what I've I put them in the microwave. Once i wash washed them real well, Okay. while they're whole, put them in the microwave for three and a half minutes. Okay. You pull them out, and with just a spoon or a fork, you just press them down. A little skillet, olive oil, salt, and pepper, serum on both sides. I'm doing that tonight. Dying. We're gonna cook this to right at medium rare. We're gonna turn off our heat. And as we know, the most important part is the resting. Yes. So I know you wanna dive into it. I but do. We're gonna go ahead and we're gonna take it off, and then what we're gonna yeah. do is just let it rest a moment, and then we'll start slicing it. Look at that oh my word the grain is running this way so we're gonna slice against the grain okay and that's gonna make sure that the meat is nice and tender
5: the other way to make sure is um, just to, so, you know yes and you can do that as well perfect
6: there you go. I'm gonna window dress it there you go a little window dressing so name our dish so we have our baby Yukon gold pancake with the dark rum blank steak, and a uh, jerk spiced aioli. The only thing that we're missing? Cocktails. Let's go.
5: And what do we have here?
6: So this is a coquito. It's a Puerto Rican eggnog. And our version is made with the barreled aged spice rum, condensed milk, Coca Lopez, a little bit of orange and fresh shaved nutmeg.
5: Oh my goodness, it looks delicious. Cheers, friends. Cheers. Let the holidays begin.
0: Field to Feast with Jennifer Finley was brought to you by the Louisiana Crawfish Promotion and Research Board, Louisiana Crawfish, ask before you eat. And by the Louisiana Beef Industry Council, beef, it's what's for dinner. And by the Louisiana Rice Promotion Board, think rice. Well there's no doubt that most of your Thanksgiving menus will probably include a heaping helping of cranberry sauce, Now, whether it's from a can or a homemade recipe. But have you ever stopped to think about how that delicious berry ended up on your plate? In this week's Twila Boost, we're giving you a peek into the fascinating process of cranberry farming.
8: For me, harvest season is probably my favorite time of the year, despite all the long days and hours. We all work together as a family to get it done. We usually hire on a lot more people. It's our busiest time of year, but for harvest for me, I'm out on the marsh, I run the picking machine and experiencing it all right in front of me.
3: Harvest for fresh fruit is a little more intense than for the process. Guys that are doing it, you have to have a lot of faith in them because they can make or break the quality just the way they're harvesting. They can't go too fast. They have to go in and pick them. They're being gentle and trying not to rip them off of the plants. You want them to you got to get their speed down just right and they're under the gun to cover so much acreage in a given day because you know we have to get done before it gets cold and so we know we've got about an eight-week window to get as much done as we can.
8: Our harvest style is a fresh fruit picking with pickers and boats. We're not processing for a conventional style of growing cranberries. It's a modernized method of hand-picking for fresh fruit sales. Um, it's a lot slower and tedious process. It's a lot more delicate as we harvest. We're slowly raking the cranberries up and putting them in a boat. The harvest process is a, quite a bit differently in that aspect. It's seven eight
3: weeks of nose to the stone, you're dealing with weather, and again, you're dealing with help, and breakdowns, and the first couple of days are good, and then uh, after that, it just gets to be a routine that they go and they start at sunrise, and they go to sundown.
0: Now that was just a snippet of a year-long documentary from Luke Parmeter showing the entire growing process of cranberries from start to finish. To watch the entire video, and I highly recommend that you do because it's pretty awesome, head over to our website at twylatv.org. Well, that does it for this week's show. We're going to take the week of Thanksgiving off here at Twyla. So if you see this show again next week, that's why. We hope you take the time and enjoy and appreciate your family and friends as well. We're thankful for you, our viewers. Thanks for joining us. And again, on behalf of the entire Twilight staff, happy Thanksgiving.